Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Least Show, the only show about what's bad and ugly in the NFC East. The show with three five-star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> wow. That puts us comfortably in the division lead. <laughs> <laughs> Williams, how you doing? I'm doing better now that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, rate, rate and review, guys. Come on. We gotta get these uh we gotta get these numbers up. I want to finish first place in the NFC East this year. Yeah. Um we <laughs> we gotta we got a lot to talk about. Uh, some big games coming up next week, but let's talk about the three games we saw um, this past week. No divisional games this week. We're all playing outside the division, which we know is the NFC East's forte this year. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> let's start with, I think, uh, the worst game of the bunch, the Eagles-Browns game. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I am slowly losing faith and hope in Eagles and just life itself in general. Yeah, I, I hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we took like a 15 second clip from every week we've done this, like the despair is mounting and I can really, usually you're the positive guy and you, you know, are looking on the bright side of things and trying to figure out how the team can make it work. Yeah. Um, but it feels like, I mean, we're like two minutes into this thing and I already just feel the burden you're carrying. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that we decided to put my heartbreak on uh, on record this year. This was, and I get this to... was mostly your idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a nice time capsule. Clock, I can like <laughs> run it through and just listen to myself slowly unpin over there <laughs> week by week. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it's just not... You know, so the Browns won um, an ugly, ugly game. Uh, I think there's not a lot to be happy about on either side, but the Eagles, demonstrably worse, never looked in it, did get a garbage time uh, Dallas Goddard touchdown, which saved my fantasy. I was about uh, to say big time fantasy type, classic (laughs) fantasy touchdown. But uh, did nothing for the Eagles overall. And honestly, I I wanted to start with this because I think it's there's just not much to talk about there nothing much has changed i feel like the same team with the same problems has been trotted out the past you know three weeks i would say even the cowboys win had a lot of these same issues going on for the eagles and you know last week i laid out i think the blame uh falls on doug peterson i still feel the same way this week uh it's an utter lack of accountability i see um, and it starts at the top. It seems he's unwilling either culturally or for some reason, uh, to pull players, bench players, make any sort of drastic changes just to get any sort of juice going. And, you know, I, unless something changes either in terms of swapping players in and out or some sort of demonstrably better performance from the players he does trot out there on a given week, I don't understand how with the sample size we've been given by this team you'd have any hope or faith that they'll win a game yet this year. Yeah. I think, you know, watching them 
week in and week out, I understand the feeling of like, oh my God, they might not have another win in them. Um, I do think that they'll probably at some point right the ship and get at least scrabbled for something. But I think you're right that this is a team that's had the same errors pop up over and over, whether it's Jalen Mills getting beat on a double move for the 40th time in his career. It's unbelievable. Uh, or even the special teams play, like, like, Which gotta, gotta say, but yeah. like just a sidebar, Schlereth saying, I don't understand what Mills was doing on there. It's like, well, you haven't clearly watched Jalen Mills tape for the past five right. years. This is cause... like 101. <laughs> this is Jalen Mills 101. I think, it's impressive that Jalen Mills has had a starting job or, you know, a close to starting job for as long as he has, not because I think he's a terrible player, but because he's gets beat so regularly by one thing. Like <laughs> it must mean that he's pretty good at everything else, right? Like he's one of the worst. He gets duped into that little hesitation, double move so easily. Yep. I, I, that's what I need a real compilation of. Forget your descent into madness. I need a Jalen Mills, uh, like eight minute, you know, supercut YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with some good music selection played over it. <laughs> yeah, like I can, that. I can hear some like college dropout Kanye bumping over <laughs> some Jalen Mills. <laughs> like like you're trying to post it as a highlight tape yeah so i'm like breathe in breathe out while you're seeing yeah, Jalen right. mills just getting toasted <laughs> but yeah i mean i think maybe the one thing that we're seeing is a fun new wrinkle in the shitstorm that is the philadelphia eagles is the special teams looks terrible now and yeah you know it's I know you texted me halfway through that game. Like, what are what is the punt team doing? Letting every ball run. Like, it felt like we started at least five drives it within our own five yard line, which is just like a struggling offense is not going to dig out of that hole easily. Um, I I think it just ultimately goes down to like this team does not play complementary football at all. Um, when the defense makes a stop, the offense gets a three and out. If the defense, you know, we had one touchdown off of a turnover, and I think it was the first time I saw that happen all year in this game. And it's different units fail, and then other units can't pick up the slack. It's just, it's really frustrating to watch. Right right after that touchdown was the Jalen Mills getting cooked on a double move by some wide receiver who had like four catches on the season. Um, And then the Browns kicked a field goal, which obviously isn't worst case scenario, but it doesn't, it doesn't really give you that momentum you need. You're still playing from behind. The offense still looks sluggish. You didn't get good. You didn't get a three and out and put yourself in good field position. Like all that stuff stacks up. So I hear what you're saying. I understand the frustration. And I guess my question for you going forward is what are you identifying as like any possible solutions that the coaching staff can implement to try to turn this thing around or at least give them a better idea of what's going wrong going into the final like third of this season. Yeah. To me, uh, it, it's frustrating to see the offense try to do the same sort of, I would consider it to be somewhat complicated motion and uh, like counter stuff. I would try and 
you know, first is keep it simple, prioritize touches to the guys that are actually getting production with like straightforward slants, button hooks, screens, things of that nature to Scott Sanders, Rager Goddard. Um, I would try to stabilize the offensive line a bit. I know that it's been a revolving door of injuries, but prioritize youth and that shouldn't really be a problem. I don't understand. I know this is something that Eagles nation has been crying about for the past 10 weeks. It feels, I don't understand why Jordan Mailata is not the starting left tackle and that we haven't bumped Jason Peters into a lower leverage position like guard. Um, I, I think Jason Peters still has juice, but he clearly has lost a step tracking back in pass protection and he's a liability out there. I don't know what the coaching staff is expecting to, him to correct it just feels like a physical age thing at this point. And then yeah. uh, I would say the last thing is, is like, and I, I said this before is like, I think the coaching staff needs to make it clearer that there is accountability and that jobs are unsafe. And I don't, I'm not like a Jalen hurts truther. I don't think that this offense, the, the, the platonic ideal, the, the high ceiling version of the Philadelphia Eagles is best with Jalen hurts. But you've got to be willing to pull the trigger and try to get some juice, maybe go back to basics with a backup quarterback and just sit Carson down. There was a moment in this game before the 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 turnover that led to um, the 30-yarder touchdown to uh, Richard Rodgers. I was like, I think this is the moment where, you know, you would have to bench Wentz for Hertz just to get something going because up until that point, the Eagles offense was laying a goose egg. And I think that yeah. Wentz was somewhat bailed out by the fact that the Browns offense had only like scored a touchdown up to that point because there was nothing that led you to believe that the offense could string together a drive before they got that touchdown off the turnover. Um, those would be my three things, but you know, who knows? We've been calling for that. It feels like for the past five weeks and Doug seems content to run with whatever he wants to do. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess what sticks with me is there's not really a one part of the Eagles that looks outstanding right now, besides maybe the running back play has been really good. Um, I'm not in love with the Eagles wide receivers. Uh, the O-line looks really bad. I mean, Jason Peters, I, Jason Peters is a, a hall of famer, an incredible football player, but it must take him the poor guy, like 30 minutes to get out of bed in the morning. He is just so creaky and old and <laughs> just injured like his legs yeah man. like they don't move like a normal person's legs do and so i think it's time you know if you move him inside at least he's a big enough person to you know do guard things um and maybe he's like a break glass in case of emergency left tackle but otherwise it's just it's just hard watching him get beat out there uh and yeah, the defense the defense did not play poorly on Sunday, but they didn't given how bad the weather was, I didn't feel like they made a ton of turnover capable plays. I know they had one that led to an Eagles touchdown, but the Browns had three. You know, they punched the ball out, they picked Wentz off twice. There were a couple other Wentz throws that probably could have been picked off. It just felt like even when the game was close and it was close pretty much the whole way you never felt like the Eagles had momentum or the upper hand or a better idea of what they were doing out there. No, I would say that of the three position units, 
the Eagles have, the defense is probably the best right now. That yeah. does not get them off the hook. No, um, I, agree. I don't think they're a good defense, but if you just look squarely at, you know, points given up, um, like even per game, I would argue there's only been two games this year that the defense really let get out of hand on their own. A lot yeah. of what you would say the defense is bad at is like I said, complimentary football, getting a stop to help the offense, which is something they haven't done. But I really think a lot of the, a lot of the badness of the Eagles lies in the offense, right? Um, if they're a top five or top 10 offense, the defense looks a lot better, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's not good. And I get to have my team be trotted out on primetime against uh, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks next week. So let's see what happens. Um, enough of this, enough of this Eagles talk. Uh, let's talk about our favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys coming back off of a bye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Coming off of a bye, getting a W against my pick against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Vikings, a good team. They'd be a division leader in this division. Uh, they'd be be rolling people for sure. Um, so, I mean, if you're a Dallas fan, you got to be liking what happened. Uh, I, We've already crossed them off. I'm willing to stick by that take. I don't want to breathe life back into them just yet. But I mean, what did you see from this game? Well, I think first things first, crossing them off is breathing life back into them. Um, it's clear <laughs> that we've, we've done kind of a classic jinx here and made it so that the Cowboys can <laughs> It's very sad. Um, I, I hate that we've done it, but we did do it. But that was back in the Danucci days. I mean, when it seemed like Danucci might play multiple weeks of football, crossing the Cowboys off was the easiest thing in the world. Um, we do have to stand by it. But watching this game, I thought Dallas looked pretty good. I thought their offensive line was getting great push, running the ball with ease. Um, Andy Dalton, like very rarely felt troubled and his receivers, CD lamb made some ridiculous catches and just clearly looks like a, a pro bowl threat for the foreseeable future. Uh, the defense is still bad or at least mediocre, but they did a better job of keeping the Vikings in front of them. Um, you know, making the Vikings work for it a little bit, which is way more than you can say for Dallas's defense earlier this year, where they were just getting torched over the top constantly. Um, things are turning around in Dallas. You know, they have, they're getting healthier. And I think that health on the offensive line is really showing. And I can't wait to see that test coming up this week against Washington. Truly the Danucci days are over. Um yeah, I thought Dalton looked good. He played better than he did before his uh, his injury. Um, I still think their defense is bad. That's the one take of ours pre-win that I think still holds constant and still is kind of a uh, um, a dark mark, I guess you could say, against the Cowboys' prospects of potentially winning the division. Um, but yeah, I mean, they look good. I think if I think you have to be more optimistic about this team. I just, it's a little bit of a weird matchup because the Vikings defense is worse than what you probably would expect from them this year. Yeah. Um, so I don't, 
especially coming off of a bye week with two weeks to prepare. Um, I don't put a ton of stock into this in terms of like Cowboys potential division winners at this point. They had the biggest hole to try to climb out of three weeks ago, and I'm still pretty firm on that. But I mean, this, what we saw from the Cowboys offense is like what you want to see from them with Dalton. Right. And honestly, like what I want from the Eagles offense with Carson Wentz at this point, they kept it bread and butter. They relied on their skill position players and played it very safe. Dalton did not have to make a great throw in that game to win. You know? No. Um, He made some mediocre throws and was rewarded for it. I mean, the catch to CD lamb in the end zone where lamb made one of the best catches I've seen. That that year. ball had no business being caught. Right. And <laughs> like, like that wasn't a good throw, <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah, no. And that, you know, full credit to CD lamb. Uh, I, that was a great catch. All I'm saying is that Dalton was never put into a position to have to win the game with his arm, you know, whether it's by his receivers making bad passes look good or just him not being asked to do anything more than hit a receiver that's going to be 15 yards out, guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um, and coming back to the ball. Um, that, to me, is like what the Cowboys offense needs to do, and they need to rely mostly on Zeke and Tony Pollard. Yeah. <laughs> mostly Tony Pollard. Mostly mostly, mostly, mostly a friend of the pod, Tony Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> the dude looks... So much faster than Zeke. It's it's a big disparity at this. I think Zeke is closer to Jason Peters than Tony Pollard. <laughs> it's, Pollard has legitimate wheels. He's running so angry. Zeke, I know on paper his numbers look good, but I just don't. I just don't see the burst, man. I still. I know we talked about this before. I don't need to beat him. I think. I think Zeke. This game had a lot more to do with the offensive line dominating the. Vikings defensive line the the holes were there where they had not been up to yeah, this game that, in the year yeah, um, Zeke, but when Zeke. given the same line Zeke Zeke averaged five yards on higher volume but Tony Pollard ripped off like two or three big runs including one for a touchdown I think he averaged like 12 yards per carry yeah I mean Pollard broke off that big 40 yard run and Zeke's longest run was 18 yards and I think that tells the story it's just the, the home run potential right now isn't there with Zeke. Uh, And this is basically just our way of trolling the non-existing Cowboys fans who (laughs) listen to this. There's no one, as I've, as we've said before, you, if you're a Cowboys fan, you can't listen to this podcast. Um, I don't know why you would, you'd have to be such a masochist. (laughs) But in all sense, like sincerity, I do think, I do think the Cowboys look good. And I do think, if they feed, I mean, I'll put money down right now that Tony Pollard averages more yards per carry on Thursday than Zeke. Uh, I don't think it will even be close. Um, I don't think so either. All right. Let's well, uh, let's uh, let's roll into the last NFC East game of the week, Washington against Cincinnati. Um, the biggest story from this game is uh, our third broken <laughs> yes. lower body <laughs> yeah. in an NFC East game this year uh potential i mean i would say potential rookie of the year candidate joe burrow knocked out for the year everything about his acl mcl and ankle is broken now because of the washington defense um honestly that game was pretty competitive before that injury um i know it was the washington offense that ended up 
you know, running up the amount of points they needed to win. But the Cincinnati offense offered nothing in terms of complimentary football to their defense from that point forward. It was pretty much there for Washington to take. Um, Washington offense still did the job. It, to me, it looks a little bit dull, but efficient. They're scoring points. Um, and I guess the big question is, without Burrow, can we take much from this game or the offense? Is their test really this Dallas game coming up? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Washington... You know, the defense, once Burrow went out, it was like playing on easy mode. You know, they really didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, the Cincinnati offensive line, as I talked about last week, is uh, disastrous to begin with. So then you put a quarterback back there who doesn't sense pressure as well and can't get the ball out as quickly. Um, and I think they racked up four sacks against Ryan Findley, the backup. Um so for the defense did what they had to do, but it was an easy job. The offense is pretty boring and does not have big play potential outside of McLaurin breaking something, but they were running the ball. Well, um, Alex Smith looked decent, uh, which is about what we expect out of Alex Smith week to week. So, I think you have to feel pretty good as a Washington fan. You've lost a lot of close games recently, and I don't think that the team looked much better this week, but I think they got the job done and, and never made it close for Cincy. I mean, the moment Burrow went out, Washington took care of business and closed the door. Yeah, I think that says all that really needs to be said. I don't think there's a lot that can be taken away from this game. I know that yeah. one thing we one thing we talked about is the one thing getting the Washington offense moving i think is they're running the ball well i think their offensive line is getting some push antonio gibson looks good jd yeah. mckissick looks good um we know that they can score it's just they can't score a lot <laughs> yeah right. they're good they're good for like 20 every single yeah. game they can not produce much more, not much less. they can produce two to three solid drives a game um it's just a matter of whether their defense can keep them in it and whether the their opposing offense can outscore them um. yeah I think that's really all that needs to be said about that game uh, so let's roll into the previews uh, we got two marquee games really um, but I want to start because we were just talking about the Bengals uh, your Giants are back yes. after the bye week yeah. riding a little bit of a win streak uh, everyone the buzz around the league is they're the consensus favorites if the Eagles can't get their shit together to win this division yeah. what are you thinking from this Giants Bengals game uh, I just spoke about Washington taking care of business. And I think this is the first game in like several years where the Giants can come in and actually take care of business, be the better team and assert themselves over a Bengals team that was pretty bad with Joe Burrow and now should be, I mean, offensively a disaster and defensively average at best. So this is, you know, the Giants have had a full week off. They Joe Judge got beat up by the offensive line coach. Um, it's been a fun time in, in New Jersey. Um, but <laughs> I do think that they should come in here rested. They're actually getting some guys back that they haven't had really defensively all year long. Um, so I would expect them to play safe. I would kind of 
not be surprised to see this be a repeat of what we just saw with Washington and kind of have it be a somewhat boring 27-13 type of Giants victory. Uh, I, I agree completely. The only thing I want is I, I want the Giants to blow the Bengals, the doors off the Bengals. There's a part of me that really wants it to be a 34-10 game, but I know realistically they will the Giants are bad, and yeah. it's just that the Bengals are worse. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I, the score that's been in my head is twenty four ten. Okay. Yeah. That that sounds right about right. I mean, one thing to keep track of is the Giants did have a bunch of guys on the COVID list this week. Um, not too many key contributors besides the kicker Graham Grinnell. I don't know if he'll be back in time to play. Um, my suspicion is he won't. It would be very Giants esque to miss this game because our right guard turned kicker gets his field goal blocked and taken to the end zone as time expires. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I, I still, I'm cautiously optimistic. This is, I trust the coaching staff and I think this is a good test for the coaching staff to come in prepared and rested and beat a clearly worse opponent um, to as crazy as it is to say, line yourself up for maybe first place in the division. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it next week, no matter what. Uh, oh, that leads us to the uh, the two the two marquee games. One yeah. is uh, the annual Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. I know yeah. I won't talk to you before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. Always good to have Thanksgiving football on on, uh, on the docket. Um, Cowboys are playing Washington divisional game on Thanksgiving. Pretty big um, winner takes first place in the division until the Eagles play the Seahawks on Monday night. Uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> I like that segue. Uh, yeah. I I think this is a battle of the lines. The, the Washington defensive line is really good. I think they have 30-plus sacks on the year. Um, they they hit home a lot. They, they hurt QBs a lot. Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton was knocked out of a game earlier this year. Uh, on kind of a cheap shot, honestly, but by by Washington. Um, and I think it's a question of can the Cowboys healthy O-line hold off the Washington defensive line enough for Andy Dalton to get the job done? Because I think on the other side of the football, as we've talked about, I think Washington is not going to rack up points. This is going to be the way Washington wins this game is with a defensive slugfest. Yeah. Uh, that matches up with what I feel. Um, the Cowboys defense is not good enough to stop this pedestrian Washington offense from scoring their dutiful 20 to 23 points in a game. <laughs> um, it'll come down to whether this Cowboys offense can repeat the same joy they were having against uh, the Vikings against, I think, a better Washington defense than the Vikings defense. Yeah. Um, especially on a short week. Um, I think Washington wins this, um, but I think it's close. I think there's going to be some dumb stuff that happens in the, uh, in the third quarter that turns momentum towards Washington. Maybe it's something like a 10 to 13 game until the third quarter. And then Washington pulls away to win something like 20 or 23, um, to let's say 13. Okay. I think I'm going to stick 
with the Cowboys here um, for kind of opposite reasons. I just think their momentum feels good. Um, Thanksgiving is, I don't know what their record is on Thanksgiving recently. I feel like it's pretty bad, but uh, they lost to the Eagles with Mark Sanchez on Thanksgiving. I think that's all it needs to be said <laughs> about their Thanksgiving legacy yeah, in the 2010s. I there, there was a game, the there was a Panthers game where Tony Romo broke his collarbone for the 18th time. <laughs> um, I feel like it's been a bleak Thanksgiving history. Maybe there's some stuff I'm not remembering, but in any case, I'm, I think I'm going to go the opposite here. I'm going to take the Cowboys in a in a nail biter, but I think they have just a little bit more momentum and uh, have a little more offensive big play firepower to get the job done. We'll see. That brings us to uh, the Monday night marquee. Oh, goodness. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) I don't think I can actually... I'll just start out by saying I think the Eagles win this game, but it has nothing to do with logic or actually breaking it down (laughs) matchup-wise. So yeah. I don't think I could actually break it down and like no. add up to my prediction in a logical way. <laughs> I think that the Seahawks are clearly better on offense than the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Uh, <laughs> um, I ex- fully expect Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf to eat Jalen Mills alive. Um, I don't know. I think the one way the Eagles win this game is if their offense bounces back, defies every expectation, and makes it a boat race. Um, because I don't think the Seahawks defense is good at all. Um, but this Eagles offense doesn't need a defense to beat them. They just beat themselves. Um, <laughs> I like how you're like, contradicting your take as you think through it. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, like, there's no logical reason for me to think that this, this Eagles are going to win this game. My my left side brain says Seahawks something like 31 to 14, but my fan brain, my emotional brain, I'm looking at the calendar. I'm looking at where the season is going. If there's a bounce back game in here for this team before they emotionally check out on the 2020 season, it has to be this game. Um, and I think they know it. I think we all know it. Because after this Seahawks game, on prime time, the 2020 football Eagles have matchups against the Packers, the Saints, and the Cardinals. And if they can't find some reason to some sort of sense of identity, some sort of consistent play calling that works for them, that gives them confidence in this game, I don't see why you think they can show up um, at Green Bay inviting New Orleans in and then going to Arizona um, thinking that those will be wins either. It's a home game. It's at the link. I know there's not going to be fans, but there's still going to be home turf. I think it's going to be a 31 to 27 Eagles win. Okay. Uh, I respect your optimism and I recognize that you're doing this just to keep yourself sane. I know there's no, (laughs) there's no good rationalization for what's happening um i think the seahawks are going to blow the doors off the eagles i think this is the game that puts serious hot seat radio discussion around doug peterson 
Um, I just don't see, I've, I've watched so much Eagles football this year and so little of it has looked good. Um, the potential to get burned here is enormous. The Eagles feel like they commit a good amount of penalties and that's bad. Uh, when you're going up against a team that's already offensively prolific like Seattle. Uh, and I think I, I just, I just don't see a world where I thought last week was the week where the Eagles show something against Cleveland. Maybe they still lose, but it's closer and you can see them riding the ship. But as far as I can tell, the Eagles are still like kind of at the bottom of the pit right now. I don't think they've started that upward swing towards figuring it out that many mediocre to bad teams do in the second half of the year. And so for the time being, I think this is the game that kind of buries them. Uh, I am going to be gleefully pessimistic about the Eagles prospects. Um, and I think it's, I think this is after this, I think I'm going to cross the Eagles off. I mean, that just means it's going to be a win. Yeah. <laughs> I've managed to effectively jinx every single <laughs> outcome that I want to happen. I've now like decisively made the opposite come true <laughs> yeah there's only one way this week goes and that is the cowboys sitting alone atop the nfc yeah. east <laughs> <laughs> yeah as Pete elliott runs for 450 yeah. <laughs> yards yeah. <laughs> um yeah I, do you got a score do you want to just pummel yeah, me with I a score a right score. now it's very bad i i honestly <laughs> feel mean but i believe it 37 17 uh, that honestly, that would be, that's what my left brain says. There is no <laughs> like, oh man. Uh, I just vision like the only, the only person we have on defense that can stop any one of those Seattle wide receivers is Darius Slane. He can't cover them all. Yeah. You know, the, the way they move, reason, the way they move, the, like the way they use motion, the way they use picks, it's everything that the yeah. Eagles defense can't defend. Plus, I feel, um, yeah, plus Eagles linebackers against a mobile Russell Wilson. Like, I feel like just, just going off the Daniel Jones tape, I feel like the Eagles do have trouble against a guy who can run a good amount um, or even just get out of the pocket. Yeah, and, and the Seahawks have done it against us for the past two or three years. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's borne out. Like, Russell Wilson cooks us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, even in the 2017 year, the one, the one, uh, the one game we lost down the stretch was in Seattle against the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's not looking good, but I got to go with my heart because if <laughs> we lose this game, uh, it's lights out on the season. I think, I think that every other team in the division is playing better than us right now. And we have the harder schedule. Um, if, if they win though, if they win, Oh, I'm all in. Uh, Next week's spot is going to be insufferable. <laughs> I'm all if they find a way to win this game, I am back in on the Eagles, baby. The, we're oh, winning a Super Bowl only below the only below 500 team to win a Super Bowl in NFL history. It's happening. All right, I'm excited. Either way, honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna have an emotional breakdown either way next week. It's yeah. gonna be a good pod. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take around the league. Um, I guess I'll go first because mine yeah. is kind of an Eagles take, it um, is. but it is about an ex-Eagles, so I'm I'm considering it a non-Eagles take. And 
I couldn't actually work this in to any Eagles talk. So it has to, has to go here. Um, Nelson Aguilar is still bad and I'm tired in with everything that's going wrong with the Eagles about Eagles fans self-flagellating themselves over everything he does. Well, it is insufferable to watch Eagles fans torture themselves over letting go of a first round pick that has yet to record an a thousand yard receiving season in his <laughs> career. Um, and he's not going to do it this year either. He's still got the drops. The only thing he's doing better is the Raiders aren't asking him to do anything more than what he's good at. And they have the talent around him to not have to force him to do that. I get why he's popping. It's just, I'm tired of Eagles fans pretending like we let a bonafide first round pick walk and he was just bad because he was here. It's not the case. He's still bad. Yeah. I I think the question you ask yourself is if you put Raiders Aguilar on the Eagles right now, how many more games do they win? And I don't think it changes literally anything. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I think this is probably a take that's only held within Eagles circles because they're in the kind of mood right now to examine everything. Um, no, I am like, I'm half expecting there to be takes about every ex Eagle. I was expecting there to be like a post in the Eagle subreddit last night about like AQ Shipley on the Bucks <laughs> being like, oh man, we shouldn't have let Shipley walk in 2015. Like, I'm expecting that level. <laughs> I think you just need to make that post. <laughs> <laughs> like Jason Kelsey's got a, his left arm doesn't work anymore. And we let AQ Shipley walk in 2014. What is, how, what is Rosen thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's accurate. Anybody who, understands, <laughs> anybody who understands Eagle psychology knows you speak the truth. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm just tired of it. We got, we have enough on our current roster to torture ourselves over. Why torture ourselves over a third wide receiver on the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah. Right. Yeah, just <laughs> let it go. He, he even, he helped to win a ring and he's gone and that's all fine. You know, call Giants me when he has more catches, more yards and more touchdowns than he did in 2017 on any team. Yeah. It's not going to happen this year. No. It's definitely not going to happen next year. It's yeah, the only I, year ever came close to justifying his first round pick in his contract. Get over it, Philadelphia. He was yes. a bad pick. <laughs> He's on a. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready done. for mine? I'm done. Go I for it. I'm, I'm trying to come in with these uh, positive takes because I feel like otherwise it's just like the premise of the podcast is already so negative. Um, <laughs> and then we have the uh, takes around the league, and those tend to be us just like roasting. <laughs> <laughs> People just catching strays. It's really a, a hostile, like northeastern personality podcast, um, and maybe that's part of its charm. But I'm trying to bring a little like rosiness to it. Um, but I think this was was it the Eagles game that Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth called. Yep, uh, they did a wonderful job. Schlereth was so happy about the rain and the terrible conditions. Um, I think the energy they brought, they just made, frankly, like a sloppy kind of boring game fun. Uh, and I think they're my new one o'clock ideal broadcast team. I know that this wow, podcast is, that's a take. Yeah, I know that this podcast is really about two things. Uh, one being 2003 <laughs> to 2006 NFL. <laughs> and the second one being one o'clock 
football specifically. <laughs> um, uh, and I think I just, I just loved the tone they had. Maybe it's because the game was played in the rain and Schlereth was like really feeling it. Um, but I just thought it was a great time. And I, I hope the giants pull them for a couple games this year. Cause I, I need to, uh, I need more of it. Yeah. I think that's a great take. I appreciate you trying to bring some positivity into here. Um, <laughs> I think we brought up a few pods ago. Uh, I think the I think the ideal one o'clock team is the uh, the bygone Kenny Moose and Goose era. Yeah. Um, the crown <laughs> is there to be taken, and I think I agree um, that duo is making a good run for it. Uh, I'm really sad um, at the Kenny Vilma pairing. Actually, yeah, I know um, Vilma's very disappointing to me. If you rewatch the highlights from the uh, Vikings-Cowboys game, he does that thing where he's like, he's like a excited fan who's like yeah. amazed at what's happening. Like you yeah. just hear like, you know, Adam Thielen catch a thirty-yard pass. You're like, oh, wow! You just hear <laughs> <laughs> you hear that going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's like I think part like some people may find that endearing. I find it repetitive and just like I. I don't need your reaction for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's really disappointing how far Kenny Albert has fallen since the fall of goose and moose. <laughs> I think if we had a word cloud um, on this podcast, it would be like the biggest thing would be Kenny Albert and every like Eagles, Giants. Well, his his voice is, is the voice guy. of one o'clock NFC East football to me. <laughs> he He's always on like the second or third team at Fox that because we're in a big market, um, <laughs> he gets them, you know? Yeah. Look, I get it. I just feel like we, like, can we get him on? Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. I think we need more five-star reviews. I think, I think that's, <laughs> if we become notable enough of a pod that we can maybe start to weasel our way into Kenny Albert's inner circle. I think that's a, I think that's a goal. <laughs> just to make it more viable i will say i think vilma has long-term potential you know it it feels like one of those awkward he's got to iron it out things yeah. um he sees sometimes he sees stuff and in a way that's bad too like he'll he'll see feeling open in the flat before anybody else and he'll it's like he can't help himself he'll be like oh feeling's open <laughs> and like before <laughs> before cousin passes the football so you're right there is kind of like that fan aspect except he's like a great linebacker who like reads the offense much faster. Yeah. Um, but I do See, think that he's got potential. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I'm not entirely anti that kind of add addition to the commentary. I just, it's on every play and that's yeah. what drives me insane. <laughs> well, especially when it's paired with your golden boy, Kenny Albert, who deserves yeah. only the best. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's another one in the books. Uh, I think, I think I got to start tagging this with the rate review subscribe thing. So if yeah. you, if you are enjoying it, if you do listen and you're enjoying what we're doing, please get, reach out to us. Let us know what you like. Let us know what we dislike. We want to make this a good show for everyone. Um, other than that, until next week. Yeah. It's been fun. Man. All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Under the bed